0: Hey guys, welcome back to Talkin' Wellness. As you guys can see, I have a big smile on my face because I am so excited about today's episode. Today's episode includes not Michael and Christian, but actually Virginia and Diane. This (laughs) is a Mothers in Recovery episode. You guys already know how excited I am always to talk about my journey through motherhood. I always drop bombs of my Cooper and just how awesome he is. But now I have two other mothers to bask in the glory of motherhood with. So before we get started, I just wanted you guys to know that even though they're sitting in Michael and Christian's, seats we are not lacking the two producers over there producing what's up y'all What's up,
1: y'all? this is this is what's up this is what we do you know what's up we're not we're not leaving we're right here what's up guys you can't get rid of us
2: so
0: even though they are not yet um uh, they have not yet entered uh the journey of parenting and fatherhood They have come into the world as children and they are adults. So they are going to bring in some, probably some questions, some perspective. And so we're excited to just get this party going.
1: I just want to know how to be a good mother. That's all I (laughs) (laughs)
0: want to know. well, first, you have to be able to get pregnant and that's give birth. True. That's you... true. Hey, you know
2: how to be a good mother, you know how to find one. <laughs>
1: Ooh, I like that. I like that.
0: That's good. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so we are actually going to do something different for our introductions. Um, I really want Virginia and Diane to introduce themselves. They're actually going to talk about um, how many children they have. Um, but rather than introducing themselves, they're going to introduce themselves as how they would think their children would introduce them. Which one of you guys want to start?
3: I can start. Okay. Uh, so my name is Diane. I have three children, um, two of which are adult children. I have a 23-year-old son. And- which is wild
0: to me because when I heard that, <laughs> I was like, no way. Because I literally thought you were only like a couple years older than me.
3: But Thank you. Yeah. Thank I was you. like, what? <laughs> so my son is 23. My daughter is 20. And then I have little Kennedy who is six. Aww. So 23-year-old Austin would say, my mom's a G. G." Tatted from <laughs> head to toe. <laughs> <laughs> so don't mess with her. <laughs> that's how oh my he gosh, went. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, Avery, my 20-year-old, would say that I do too much. Um, I overdo it and I need to calm down. Um, but that she can talk to me about anything. And then Kennedy. It really depends on the day with Kennedy. Because Kennedy is... Um, my wild child, will say. So she would describe me as somebody that um, gets frustrated easily, <laughs> but that she knows that she can come to with anything. She talks to me literally about everything. So I think that's how she would describe me. Oh, and that I overcoach in basketball, even though I'm not the coach. I'm the mom from Ooh. the sideline that's screaming at her. And the coach is like, what are you doing? That's. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I can relate to that for sure. So
4: (laughs) Virginia. Well, my name is Virginia and I have three children. Also, my oldest is 23. Mind blown. Yes. He (laughs) is 23 years old. Uh, My second child is Caleb. He's 12. And my third is my baby girl. She's nine years old. Jason will be 24 in May and he would say that I am cool.
0: Nice. Cool, Mom. Yes. Really cool
4: and very understanding. Um, Caleb would say that I, he thinks that I think I'm funny. <laughs> that you think yeah. you're funny. And that I'm, I'm goofy. Uh, Lucy, Lucille, she ha- she's my girl. So she has everything to say about Mom. Um, optimistic, positive, and kind.
0: Aww. Yes. That's awesome. I could totally see that. That's so amazing. Well, I guess I'll share, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Cooper, which you guys know, and he is actually turning 13 tomorrow. I can't believe it. I have a teenager. Um, and he is so funny. He would say that I i mean, he would say a lot of great things because he tells me all the time I'm loving and hardworking um, and kind and caring. And he sees what I do for the community. And I make that like something that's really important in our household is helping other people through our story and our testimony. But also he would say that I am overdramatic. I'm too <laughs> much sometimes. He uses that word too. But he said, he says, like, he'll text me, you're OD. And I'm like, what is that? Overdramatic. You're being, mom, chill out. Chill out. Because I've asked him, I'm like, why sometimes, why didn't you tell me? He's like, because you're going to freak out. And I'm like, okay, okay, I got to chill out sometimes. But it's because we love our children, you know. So that's awesome. Um, So for today's episode, we're going to kind of go um, kind of down the line of recovery and parenting. And since both of you ladies are in recovery, which is so incredible, um, and you get to participate as a parent in your children's lives, how has your recovery impacted your children?
4: Wow. Um, so my recovery, uh, I can specifically speak on my 23 year old. Um, it has impacted him in a very positive way. There was a time where he was experimenting Mm -hmm. and, um, he knows about my struggles and adversities and, um, he was able to come to me and have that conversation with me and it made me proud at the same time, very nervous mm-hmm. and scared for him because I know that these things are going to come up. Um, but definitely positive. Um, I did not raise him. He was six when I signed my parental rights over um, to his uh, grandparents. And it was the best thing that I could have done for him even though at that time I was very angry about it. I was very angry about it. Um, I was never going to forgive them. How could they do that to me? Um, but I wasn't well. Yeah. And today, looking back at that, um, there's no shame. Right. There's no shame. There's no guilt in that. Um, he is a college graduate and, you know, bachelor's in business management. I'm so very proud of him. And um, and he's like my
3: best friend.
0: Yeah. What a courageous act. I think it's one of the most selfless things that a mother can do mm-hmm. in that time. Hardest things. Right. Not to negate that it's not difficult, but to recognize when you may not be in a space that you're well enough mm-hmm. to care for your child. And right. so you make that really really hard decision yeah. you know um but the beautiful thing in that is it is your story's redemptive right and yes. so you did find that recovery and wellness and you've been able to restore um what really wasn't lost because now it's this whole new thing you know right that's bridged back mm-hmm. together
3: yeah so i've very similar situation with my son and my um, daughter the two older ones um, i also signed my rights away to the grandparents. Um, and at the time, I was like, I'm being such a good mom because I'm not bringing them through all of this chaos. And, and it really was the best thing that I could have ever done for them. But once I got into recovery, so they've seen me, they, they know, they saw the worst of it, right? And so I'm getting into recovery. And as I'm walking this journey of wellness, it just they just started coming alongside of me both Mm. of them you know and so they've seen me this this growth and this transformation and so now it's like this unspoken respect that they're like my like my son would say my mom's a g like she has come from the pits of hell and now she's like mama dear Mm -hmm. you know and he comes to me with everything my daughter comes to me with everything because they know If my mom hasn't gone through it, Mm -hmm. she knows someone that has, and she's going to give us some good advice. So um, that, to me, is amazing to have that new developed relationship instead of always thinking about how I didn't have a relationship with my children. um, Now I get to talk about the amazing restoration that has happened and the amazing relationships we get to have today. So
0: Would you say that... um, you guys share transparently um, with your children, at least like your, your older children, your adult children. And if you do, how has that actually impacted, whether it be positive or negative, what does that look like for you?
3: So I, I've been transparent when it presents itself, mm-hmm. right? So I wasn't like, hey, let's have a sit down and let me tell you all the bad things, right? But when those opportunities present themselves, I'm very transparent about it all. And sometimes it is difficult Mm -hmm. for my kids to like, my mom did that, you know, Mm -hmm. but, but I think that it, it gives them an opportunity to learn from my mistakes and maybe hear it and then, and grow from it.
0: Right. Yeah. I think there's a, so for me, similarly, I mean, Cooper is going to be 13, like I said, Mm -hmm. but he's super bright and probably more mature than he Mm -hmm. should be because he's actually watched the first part of his life, me in addiction and in chaos and struggling, and then he's watched me recover, you know? And so when he asks me questions and he brings things up, I always look at those as opportunities to share insight. You know, obviously you you, you do it appropriately at the level of what a kid can kind of comprehend. But it has allowed me to teach my son about shame, Mm -hmm. to teach my son about, you know, the different struggles. I always think about like my struggle started at his age, Mm -hmm. you know, and so to be able to tap into that and make it like a space where he can feel heard and understood and come to me. And actually we can talk about some like big things that are uncomfortable. And most parents, I think, struggle with how do I talk to my children about it? But we live in a generation where. If your kids aren't learning from you, they are 100% learning from somebody else. Mm -hmm. And by that somebody else, I'm talking about the phone, Mm -hmm. right? And so when Cooper asks me or brings something up to me, I always take it as he's already heard it. He's already, you know, and that is my opportunity to kind of talk to him. But to bring it to you, Virginia, how Mm -hmm. has that been coming into your adult children's Mm -hmm. lives, you know, kind of later on in your journey where you may not have raised them for somewhat years, Mm -hmm. but... Has it been where they came in and kind of
4: asked you about that, like to kind of create? So, so with Jason, we we grew up together. Okay. Okay. Um, And he saw the the struggles, right? Uh, Caleb and Lucy, on the other hand, they I found my way into recovery after having them. So, and they were very young. Uh, I I think that. I share very openly with them, and it's important for me to do so because their father is more of the um, uh, sheltering, mm-hmm. right? I was, I was raised sheltered, and I was not told things that I think I should have been told. And so I kind of do the opposite of everything <laughs> that my parents didn't do, I do with my children,
0: that's and, so awesome! Yeah, yeah. you kind of learn. We we learn, you know. When we know better, we do better. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much, um, you know, in, as in an impact. Uh, Caleb and Lucy, they took it very hard mm-hmm. um, in the beginning, and so now they see that I'm recovering, um, and and it's like they're recovering too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about because. In my own personal life, too, I've recognized that, like one, my addiction and my my struggles impacted my child tremendously, yes. right? And so there is even a journey that your children have to go through of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you do it as a family when when you enter into that healing journey, and it is so. I mean, it is so profound. And one of the things that I live by is that I want my recovery to impact my family harder than my addiction ever did,
4: yeah. right. you know?
0: And so what does that journey look like for you guys? Like the healing journey with your children? Is it something that you're still going through? Um, what are kind of like the challenges, the overcoming, you know, the, the, the struggles and the su- uh, successes?
3: Um,
4: still healing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Still healing. Um, Caleb, I've just been reunified. That's so awesome! Kayla. Congratulations! So yeah, yes, it's a it is <laughs> a big deal. We <laughs> we uh, it's been a journey. It's yeah, it's been a journey. I separated from their father in 2016, and I was just Lucy was two, and I was weaning her off of nursing, so she, you know, there's still some. There's a little bit of anger there that I see. Uh, And Caleb, there's a lot of questions Mm -hmm. like, why did you leave? Why? Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm going to try not to cry. It's
0: okay if you do, though.
4: Um, Sorry. So... With the healing, I believe that it's super important to involve them in my recovery. Mm. So not only sharing, um, not oversharing, but sharing openly and honestly, but involving them in it, um, taking them to meetings, taking them to events, uh, recovery events, explaining addiction so that they know, you know, they know that they're
1: predisposed Mm -hmm. to a disease
0: Mm -hmm. Mm
4: -hmm.
1: that's fatal. Yeah. Yeah. I want to, I want to ask a quick question because you guys share a very interesting perspective in that there's different ages here at play, Mm -hmm. right? You got all the way from 23. I actually relate to you, Virginia. My little brother is 10 years younger than me. So I know, I know that experience a lot. So I'm very interested to hear your guys' perspective on explaining your story of addiction Through the ages. You see, kind of see where I'm going at? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you explain it to your 23-year-old compared to your 12-year-old compared to your youngest one?
3: So, with my oldest ones, the explanation really isn't necessary because they saw it. You know, they kind of lived it with me. They they saw what certain substances could do and take me where it took me. Um, As far as my 6-year-old, it's very... um, elementary yeah, yeah described you know and she doesn't even under she's never I've been in recovery her whole life so she understands that what I do for work she understands that we go to a celebrate recovery meeting every Thursday that she loves so much um so that's about it for her yeah. until she gets a little bit older and the she seats has, are there though the seats are there yeah. and she you know, in the fellowship that I'm involved in, we have what's called pre-covery. So when I'm in a recovery meeting, she's upstairs learning the principles behind recovery, like honesty. That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah, So it's super cool. That's like
0: prevention, you know, Mm -hmm. because honestly, I could see that, you know, with, with a younger child who really hasn't lived through your addiction, Mm -hmm. the prevention would be talking to them about their feelings, right? Being able to give them values and principles and understandings to, to what they'll understand and working with them on coping strategies. Mm-hmm. So as they grow older, they'll have what you lacked,
3: Right. Right. And for, for me, Kennedy um, experiences very big feelings. Yeah. Like very big feelings. <laughs> so for us to as a family understand those coping skills, like she's got so many things that she does at the house that I'm like, yeah, you go girl. Mama. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you no, know? she's so got awesome. jars, calm down jars. And she knows that if she feels a certain way, she plays her Alexa mm-hmm. and plays music. She journals. She's got these little counting beads that she does. Um, so, but that's just a very normal part of her life, mm-hmm. you know? That's always been. Now, my other kids will say, Mom, you know, sometimes you overparent her because you underparent parented us.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's okay. So calm down on her. You know, she doesn't have to do everything. Mm-hmm. So, do you do you feel like that does like that's a little bit true? Like I feel like there is a level of um, guilt parenting mm-hmm. that happens, so I have to be very aware of it. You yeah. know, like are we doing these things because she wants to do them? Are we doing them because I feel like I missed out on them with all my other children? Yeah, that's good. Um, so I do have that self awareness, but it was because of my older children bringing it to my attention. Mm. You know, yeah. so feelings is a huge thing in our family. Like
4: we talk about our feelings, we talk about everything. That's you know those are consequences mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. that we have to have a conversation. Uh, Caleb is like, Mom, we have to t- do. We have to talk about it. We have to talk about everything. Yes, we do have yeah. to talk about everything. <laughs> Your feelings matter. They're yeah. valid. You know, whereas when I grew up as a child, we were supposed to sit down, shut up, you mm-hmm. know, be seen. Be good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is um, it is very important that mm-hmm. we discuss our feelings and talk about those principles, honesty. Yeah. Uh, you know acceptance Mm -hmm. acceptance is huge
0: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah that's really good and I think that that's building them up for whatever their journey looks like you know because I used to get so fearful too with like my son I'm like you're both your mom and your dad we were were both you know substance use mental health wild and crazy I was just thinking like condemning myself of like oh my god my son's gonna end up going through these things but really what my recovery's taught me is no he doesn't have Mm -hmm. to you know and if you kind of train up a child in the way they should go then maybe they won't depart from it but maybe they'll come back to it whatever you know it's Mm -hmm. part of their journey but I think that I really liked what you talked about, Virginia, with like the healing is an ongoing thing mm-hmm. because I really relate to that. And nobody talks about so like you go through the, the trauma of, you know, losing custody of a child and maybe because and, I went through that, too, you know, and it was something that I, I'll say like needed to happen in my life. However, when I was reunified. Nobody talked about what that healing journey will look like for my child who has now just went through such tremendous t- trauma and it actually didn't start showing up I had gotten him back I moved down here and it wasn't until like close to like the end of the first year mm-hmm. where I started to see like i mean it, we went through so much like the implosive anger mm-hmm. um some and a lot of this was just his unhealed trauma and children don't know how to Mm -hmm. place those emotions so a lot of the time you'll see it in behaviors of anger and things like that and it it shows up in behavior in their school and because if you know even in the schools when they don't pay attention hey this behavior tells a story which i knew what the story was because it was my story you know and it was my son's story and so then having to like feel like i'm powerless all over again Mm -hmm. you know and i was parenting out of guilt and i was Mm -hmm. trying to figure this out and and back into motherhood but now i'm i'm Clean. I'm sober. I'm working on myself. I'm still, my my confidence and my self esteem isn't all the way there yet, but I'm trying to just be the best mom I can be. There was times where I just felt so frustrated and defeated because I didn't realize how much more healing we would need to do together, mm-hmm. and how much my son was impacted through that whole process. Right. But my God, am I so grateful for that journey. And I'm talking about a difficult one. Like there, and Cooper can tell his own story because it was hard. Mm -hmm. And it was therapy together. It was learning coping mechanisms. It was understanding that when he was reacting in those ways, it wasn't from a place of just bad behavior. It was from a place where he had a lot of internal pain that was displaced and he didn't know what to do with. And he had not yet processed any of that. He was just... Removed this, mom's in jail, all these things, and then back with mom. And then it's like, we're just supposed to, everything's supposed to be great, right? Mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so there's so much in that. And I think that our journey of recovery is ongoing and healing with our children. One of the things that I've learned in life though is to that I, for me, I always want to hold that mirror up to myself. And when my son is ready to have those conversations, I want to be open to explore whatever that looks like for him because I owe him that. Right. Yeah. So we're going to shift it a little bit. I want to move to kind of what does the balance of wellness and parenting look like in your
3: lives? (laughs) Um, So it was a struggle for me um, with Kennedy. So I've had Kennedy um, while in recovery. Um, So like I was part, I'm part of a 12 step fellowship and it's always like, you got to go to meetings, right? And you got to, doesn't matter, bring your baby. And then you bring your baby and you're getting all these like shh, keep that baby down, you know, <laughs> like and I'm like, oh. Uh. So then I had to stop going because I, I was not getting what I needed from them because I was so distracted. Um so I it was hard for me to find the balance. But what I've done lately is I've focused in on her wellness, right? And then I find things that I can do for my wellness in that. So like she's in dance and she's in basketball and she's in Girl Scouts, right? So I have my dance moms that I go to dinner with every Monday and they're not in recovery. They're just women that have young girls in dance and we just have the greatest time. And that's part of my wellness. It's part of my self-care mm-hmm. to be able to have adult time. Um, same with Girl Scouts. Like I get to just be a part of these like mom groups and it does something really special to me. Um, and then also with church, she's she loves church, it's it's part a major part of my recovery. So, finding wellness together, doing those things like she goes upstairs while I'm doing my recovery meeting and she's doing things, and and we just both find something that we can do together. If that makes sense, yeah, that's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah, what about you, Virginia?
3: So it's a little bit
4: different for me, being that I have been, just been reunified with the kids. Uh, they, and again, I've always been a part of their lives, but now it's I have them overnights and I get to take them to school, and uh, so it's different. Um, so the balance part, I I haven't started balancing yet. It's mm-hmm. you know it's so it's so new to me. It's it's very new still. I know that if I do not keep my wellness first and my recovery first, then Mm -hmm. it's not going to be good. So just focusing on staying well, making sure that I'm going to my doctor's appointments and Mm -hmm. making sure that I'm meditating and I'm praying and, you know, I'm doing what I need to do for my mental and physical health, um, then then they'll be. Right there with me and and happy, healthy children themselves. Right. Because you're role
3: modeling. I I think for me, I always thought of my wellness being separate Mm. from my kids. Right. And that's where the struggle was for me was that I felt like I have to find a babysitter and I have to do this because I need to do this for my wellness. And then once I realized and like a light bulb went off in my head. I don't have to keep it separate yeah. right. because my my daughter is looking at me mm-hmm. and she's finding identity in me. So right. why not mm-hmm. do this
0: together? Bridge it together. Right that's good because I think that I see that sometimes. And I've been guilty of that early on in recovery where I was like, I need a babysitter. I need a babysitter. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just got my son back mm-hmm. and now I'm absentee in his life because I'm chasing after my recovery. Yeah. And when Which I is realized, what they teach us.
3: Yes. You know? Yes. And I
0: was like, this does, I remember being like, this does not seem right because he's still at home waiting for me to come home, you know? And I was like, I have to switch this and change it and really incorporate, like you said, like, that we recover together, you know? And if I'm not spending time with the one that I was, I mean, thinking about 24 seven, when I was locked up or Mm -hmm. in treatment, like Mm -hmm. how I wanted to be, you know, this mom, then for me, I had to question, you know, like what am I doing? Mm -hmm. So that's really, really good. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that it's important because we get to, they need us present in Mm -hmm. their life, you know? And then we get to role model Mm -hmm. what wellness and recovery looks like. So that's good. Um, What would you guys say is, your greatest challenges as a mom.
3: My biggest challenge as a mom. Um so there Kennedy particular because she's the only one that's in the home currently um Kennedy is um has very big feelings, right? So she's sewing some signs of things. Um so a lot of times her big feelings trigger my anxiety and I don't know how to not freak out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how to say, like, you're really triggering my anxiety right now, Kennedy. You know, like, I don't yeah. want to say that to her. Yeah. But um, but that's the challenge for me. So it's like, what do you do in those moments when you're in the home? She's uh, so emotional and telling me, like, you know, she's struggling with some anxiety. And it's giving me anxiety. And what do I do? You know, it's it's that's my biggest challenge is that we... Mm sometimes stress each other. I probably (laughs) trigger hers and she triggers mine. And then we're like crazy people inside of the house.
0: For sure. I mean, I would, (laughs) I would, I mean, I'll just be, I'll just say, I think that most parents go through that though. You know, I think there's a normal process of just like the stressing out of like Mm -hmm. children and parents, you know, and how do we navigate that? Because a lot of it, and some of it might be extra, you know, but a lot of it is just like, these are kind of the, aspects of parenting that make it hard and beautiful at the same time (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah
3: but I also want to like I try and be so um attentive to her Mm -hmm. wellness and her mental health and at times it's it's putting mine
0: to the side to the side which is
3: what we do as parents but it can't I can't always do that Mm -hmm. so it's like trying to find a way to navigate that in a healthier way I think Mm -hmm. um is one of the challenges for sure for us yeah what about you
4: Virginia uh the biggest challenge I think with the two little ones Caleb and well they're not so little anymore (laughs) I still see them like this they're always our babies (laughs) right uh so the biggest challenge is I would say like keeping them from uh turning to Um, violence Mm -hmm. as a way to communicate Um, because instead of using their words they like to fight like sister and brother Mm -hmm. and hit each other and push each other and like you know it's not okay yeah right and so explaining to them that this is this is violence this is Mm -hmm. violent behavior it's not okay we need to communicate with our words uh but they grew up in a home where there was a lot of fighting mm-hmm. and a lot of arguing. Yeah. And so correcting that and shifting that uh, communication-wise, mm-hmm. like
3: that's the biggest challenge mm-hmm. for me Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Kennedy yeah. actually made a comment where she said, I just don't understand. Um, everyone else gets, the, all the adults get to yell at me, but when I'm angry, I get in trouble if I yell at somebody. And Ooh. I'm like, dang, she had to hit me with that, huh? Yeah, don't and you then,
0: love it? They are such a conscience.
3: <laughs> but it's true. So, yeah. it, so then I tell her, like, do you do you want to yell about something right now? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. Let's yeah. scream together. Yeah. Something awesome. like to try and still give them that opportunity to express their anger like they see everybody else mm-hmm. doing so. Right, But, like, maybe in, like, not a – directive way like not so much at a person like in a
0: healthier way because Mm -hmm. emotions are emotions and I and I'm Mm -hmm. a huge on that so like if you have a um a child that is physically needs to exert emotion take them into the bedroom set a bunch of pillows on the bed and I mean just start banging him or go to a rage room be -hmm. like you know what let's settle this we are family trip at the rage room that's
4: an (laughs) awesome idea
0: right yeah Yeah. let's we're gonna get it all out right now Mm -hmm. tell me what you're mad about smash it I've done it it's amazing yeah it's very liberating
1: I, I want to jump in real quick because I'm very interested in a perspective here. Um, so growing up, uh, I've I heard a lot of negative things things coming from the recovery community towards the recovery community. Where it's like, oh my god, that mom used to used to do drugs, like whatever. So I'm really interested in hearing your guys's perspective on that kind of social prejudice. Um, if if you've experienced that in your life, how, how did that look like from the community who just doesn't understand what recovery means and, and what it's like, wh- how that can affect the mother? I really would love to hear your perspective on that a little bit.
4: Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because, yeah. uh, you know, I have a women's group that I go to every Friday night and the kids look forward to that because they know that other kids are going to be there and they don't feel like something is wrong with them you mm-hmm. know like there are other children out there who have parents who have you know they've gone through the same things that mm-hmm. mom went through mm-hmm. and like they're not the only ones with a mother who is recovering from mm-hmm. substance use disorder mm-hmm. right uh so involving them um again in my recovery and and explaining to them that it you know it doesn't really matter what other people think mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, people are going to be mean.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a stigma still today. I think we've moved. I mean, we definitely have moved the needle, but not nearly as much as mm-hmm. we it should be because I see it. I hear it, too. You know, I've, I've been a, a participant or not a participant in that, but somebody that has been people have said, like, you know, you choose drugs over your kids, yeah. mm-hmm. like just has said some like really ugly things mm-hmm. and. You know, I was talking to the ladies earlier and I was like talking about, you know, one with a substance use or mental health condition, like nobody wants to have that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like nobody's like, hey, I want to have this thing that like, you know, is going to take me down this journey and I'm going to go into some of these struggles and I'm going to really like find defeat in my life. Maybe, you know, all these different things that happen. Nobody like wants those things for their life. And I think that even in parenting and motherhood, that's like such a gosh, it's such a journey um, in itself. And, you know, I know these ladies love their children so much and nobody could tell me that I didn't love my son, right? And the way that I explain it to is like, I have always loved my son, mm-hmm. but I will say that I did not love myself. right? And oftentimes we can't impart what we don't possess. Um, and so that kind of has been for me, understanding my journey of like, man, I've loved him so much um, through having him, and, and even when I lost custody of him, it was never to say that I didn't love him, but it was more so about, you know, my journey to wellness.
3: Right. Yeah. So I've experienced some of those. I'm part of, like, the PTA, and I'm um, part of the women's ministry at my church, and so for me, I've, I feel like I get those eyes, because I'm, like, covered in tattoos, and they're like, who is this She's lady? A She's <laughs> yeah, I'm a lady. She's right? But... But for me, the, what's important is to share my journey boldly Yeah, like to anyone, to whatever audience it is. I'm, I know like I'm doing my testimony for a ladies gathering at my church and I'm doing that boldly because they're never going to understand it and truly understand it until they hear it and they hear it and then they see the change and they see the redemption and they see, Mm -hmm. you know, like, wow, she's such a great mom to Kennedy, but She did all these things happen to her and all these, you know, she went through this whole addiction, but look at her now. So for me, it's important to share on all platforms my struggles and my redemption.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think educating people is really the only way that we can really break the stigma Mm -hmm. because when they meet you, they're like, oh my gosh, like, you know, like they see how you are. They see all these things. And then when you share your story of struggle, which I think everybody has a story of struggle, regardless of whether there was substance use or mental health involved in it, like diagnosis or whatever. For us, I feel that we're actually lucky, luckier Mm -hmm. because some of our exterior stuff has led to a lot of the healing and recovery that I think most people really need in life yeah you know what I mean like so I always say I'm grateful that I had a substance use disorder a mental health condition because I wouldn't be in recovery I would not be the mother that I am today I would not feel as passionately as I do had I not walked through that journey right absolutely yeah
3: and the delivery of it too it's where you're like I share it boldly like this is who I am like really probably instead of being like oh, my gosh, you'll never know what happened to me, and, did it, you know, like, getting all sad about it. Like, no, this is what I've been through. How amazing did I get? I got through that, and this is where I am today. Right.
2: Yeah. So. Well, I have, a, I have a question for you guys. I've been listening to, obviously, a lot of your story and stuff like that. Um, question. Do you guys think um, your children are a big part of your recovery change? Or do you think 100%. that... Oh, yeah. You would have changed without it or do you think it would have taken a lot longer or how do you feel as if your child helped your recovery because I know at least in my specific instance I know my mom had a lot of stuff going on it wasn't until her last kid where she's just like I'm pregnant I have a baby I'm going to jail I need to figure out my life and that's kind of when things kind of mm-hmm. shifted because I know life can be hard and um we kind of tell ourselves, no, we're going to change, we're going to change, we're going to change, and it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. until something shifts. So my question is to you kind of when did you feel that shift? Not like, oh, I'm going to change, I'm going to start making. When did you truly feel a shift in your heart, in your mind, in your soul where you're like, I don't want this anymore, I'm done?
3: I love that question because it was a very distinct moment in my Mm -hmm. life. I feel like
2: it always is. Yeah, yeah. so
3: I was um, walking into jail, facing some really big charges and i was walking into the sap unit and i walked in and i knew about half of the girls in jail and typically that would provide someone some comfort like oh okay good i know some people in here it's not so scary but in that moment i realized more women in jail knew who i was and my children had no idea who i was and that was an eye opener for me to like Really wrap, and I'm like, Where this is where my life has come, mm. and it was right then and there that I was like, I have got to make a change, mm. I've absolutely got to make a change, and and I did. And thank God that I did because once that happened, um, and I was able to get out of jail, I was on, um, I had a lot of follow-bys when I got out of jail, but two months into that, my oldest daughter's father had passed away, and I was able to show up for her for the first time ever. And that kind of kept me going too. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm her only parent now. And I was never a parent to her. So then that helped. And then here comes along Kennedy. And now Kennedy has shifted my recovery more into a wellness journey. So they, they all had a, a big part in it all wow. for me. Yeah.
4: yeah. Uh, I would like to say that my children are the reason why I got clean. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's not the truth. Um, you know, uh, Jason was 17 when I went into treatment and when I got out, um, you know, I stayed clean for a little bit, but then I started using again and it wasn't until I had realized that I was doing the same exact thing mm. to Caleb and Lucy that I had done to Jason. Um, and for me, that was the defining moment. Like, okay, are we going to do this again? Mm-hmm. Like, or are we going to get it together? And and the pain that I was in is what shifted me. It yeah. was the pain. Uh, my mother had passed away, and that's when I had relapsed. And for me, there was not enough medication or substances or alcohol that I could take that pain pain. yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. and so um because of that I said you know what now it's time yeah yeah
0: Wow. wow yeah for me the shift happened when Cooper was removed I think part of it was like knowing that I always had my son even though in the midst of my chaos like he was always with me by my side which probably wasn't the healthiest but we were just always together and when he was removed, I literally felt like somebody went into like the last bits of pieces of my heart that were still beating because I was walking dead person and just like ripped it out. Mm. And I was like, I don't have a reason to live anymore. And that's literally what I, I just remember in my mind saying, I do not have a reason to live anymore. And I didn't know what to do next because I felt like I had dug such a grave for myself. um, So I didn't do anything but use Mm -hmm. and try to numb that pain of my heart being ripped out of my chest. And it wasn't until getting arrested, Mm -hmm. which was another kind of divine intervention um, in my life, and actually looking at big charges, going to um, treatment for the first time Mm -hmm. in my life that um, things really shifted and I found hope that like I could really become the mom that I've always wanted to be and the mom that Cooper has always seen in me because no matter what whether I was like my worst My kid has always looked at me like a superhero. I just wanted to be that hero that he saw, you know, and so for me, that was when that shift happened. There was a lot of uncertainty when I was going through my treatment and recovery journey in the first year because I was looking at a prison sentence and if I was to be convicted and go to prison, I would not get custody back of him. So there was a moment of surrender where I had to ask myself, am I going to do this regardless? You know, because there I kept saying like, you know, in my head, like, Am I doing this all for nothing? Mm -hmm. So I had that kind of moment with God where I was like, Okay, I don't know what this looks like and I'm really, really scared. You know, but I had to trust that just like God had been changing my life and taking care of me in that process of healing and those beginning months of recovery that he was going to do those things for my kid. And so I remember making the decision of like, if I have to go to prison, it's going to be to help somebody. If I don't get custody back of Cooper, it's God's will. But I promise you when he's 18 and comes looking for me, I will be ready to have that relationship.
3: Mm-hmm. And that was the turning point for me. Mm. And they do come looking for you at 18, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> they do, and they come move in. There you go, <laughs> see? Yeah.
0: So kind of just to wrap it up and bring it to a close, I want to ask you, ladies, what is the most joyful aspect of parenting, of being a mom?
4: Watching them become their own, you know, growing into their personalities and, and, and their they're little humans, just humans. It's like I created this, you know. Uh, and yeah, just watching them turn into who God has created mm-hmm. them to be, you know. Yeah. And and instilling those those values, yeah in, yeah, in them, yeah,
3: yeah. It's it's for me, like I love being like poured into, mm-hmm. so that I can pour into yeah. her and like just watch her grow there's a lot she says a lot of really cool things too so it's like the coolest thing is to watch her like form her own little opinions and her own little thoughts and then she says them and I'm like "Ah, that's the cutest thing like she what does she say oh she's having a valentine's day dance um coming up and she goes I don't think I can go I don't have a valentine and I was like I'm your valentine remember you gave me that card, and she's like we're not doing that at school, mom. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh man. But it was so cute yeah, like, just that's to see their so own cool. little personalities yeah. and, and also watch her un- discover and understand herself in her wellness. Yeah. You know, she tells me certain things that, like, hey, this doesn't make me feel good and this does. So, like, don't do that anymore, you know? So mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
2: good. I have one more question for you guys. Um, I like to get to the bottom of things when it comes to things. I've, there's coincidences for things in life, but I, I, for me, I, I understand things as logic or like this happened because this, this happened because this, or you know whatever. Um, so my question is to you for someone that's growing growing up in similar circumstances as someone is like yourself or whatnot. What would be a real piece of advice you would give to them? Because I understand that like when people typically get into drugs or something like that, it's to fill a void. It's to fill a void, whether, whether it's pain, whether it's anger, whether it's uh, whatever, physical abuse, whatever it's, you've, has happened in your life. What would you give that advice to your child or someone that is struggling with that to keep them off maybe a path that you've struggled with? Hmm. It's a hard question, obviously, yeah. because it's trying to say, how would someone that lived your life choose everything the right. opposite? You know, like- I,
0: to me, the biggest thing would be like seek support. Right, because there are so many people with similar struggles. Now, I think everyone has a unique story, but you can Mm -hmm. find common ground. And I think today there's a lot of people recovering out loud. And so the first thing would be that, you know, talking about it, right? Because pain that's held in is just pain that grows, right? Mm -hmm. But when we start to share with another person, we're like sharing a burden, and there's just like a little bit more freedom. You know, and in that there's like this therapeutic alliance that happens where healing becomes profound and transformational. It doesn't mean that people aren't going to go through their journey regardless. But I think that the biggest aspect is when we reach out and we can talk about the in the depths of our soul and let someone truly into those spaces, Mm -hmm. healing will happen. Yeah.
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and like with my oldest son, Jason, how he was able to come to me when he saw himself going down that road and, and drifting off into drugs, That's awesome. uh, talking about it is huge. Recovering yeah. out loud yeah. is, is so important. Uh, even for my little ones, they ask me questions, you know, they, they see Narcan in my, in my car and they're like, mom, what's that? You know? And, and I tell them what it is. Um, so like, as far as giving people advice, I really wouldn't give anybody advice. I would encourage them to seek that support. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Finding community yes. is like a really big part of, I think, recovery and support mm-hmm. was right in there yeah. with the community. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah community yeah. yeah and
4: and and support isn't always somebody telling you like yeah. what you should do right support is just you know somebody listening. holding space yeah. Right. yeah
3: and i think i too identifying like okay so we're <laughs> struggling with substance use and mental health but like let's talk about the feelings like attached to them, right. right what's so underneath that let's talk about that let's talk about shame and guilt because those are the things that are going to keep you yeah driving right? towards that driving mm-hmm. towards that mm-hmm. way and if we don't talk about those underlined feelings Shame, guilt, remorse, all of the things, mm-hmm. right? Then we're not yeah. going... Trauma. I think
2: those are the most important things. Yeah. I think if you don't talk about them, you'll never get to the root cause. Right. And you'll never a- right. be able to get yourself into recovery. Right. So or- when we
3: talk about, like, we well, talk about it. We're not talking about, talk about the substances. Talk about what it's taken you to. No, let's talk about the shame that you feel when you're using those substances. Let's talk about, you know, the guilt that you feel because you've yeah. left your child or your right. child's been removed from you because... Of your substance. Yeah. yeah.
0: The pain that you're trying to numb. I what think is transparency that pain is a come? really good one. Yeah. Like, yeah. Absolutely.
2: Um... And it's a really good one, I think, also because it's such a hard one to get over mm-hmm. because of whoever's saying it or whoever's being transparent, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Typically, it's hard to be transparent about. Yeah, that. vulnerability know, is drama. scary. Yeah, exactly. It's like a nakedness. You're exposed, scary. and that's t- and that's why it right. gives you that room for so much growth. But
3: what happens is once you start doing that, exactly. and you're vulnerable. You're vulnerable, right. and next thing you know, you're proud. You're you're bold. Right. You're, you're healed. Share- yes, yeah, yes, you're yes, like yes, yes. Excited yeah. to tell people mm-hmm. all this trauma that you've been through because right. it does something for you. Yes. The more you do it. You
0: heal when you actually start to use your voice and share your story. There's a healing that takes place for yourself and others that might be the recipient of hearing your story. Because
2: first you you begin to acknowledge it. Yeah. You begin to acknowledge it. And then, you know, they say it in all recovery of everything. You know, you acknowledge something, then you can can start to recover from it. You can start to take the next steps. Like a prime
3: example for me, like when I would share my story, I would, in the beginning, when I first started sharing it, I would cry about like, this the like sad parts of my like addiction and the removal of my kids and and things like that right and then now as i share my story when i get emotional it's when i'm talking about what god has done in my life today the things i get to do today and that's where that shift happens like you're no longer the victim and now you're a proud owner of your story your recovery story yeah
2: and it's the same story at the end of the day yeah it's, same a, story. it's just two flips to it Absolutely. The, you right you know the sad we know whatever side and then the i've recovered i've i've accepted who yeah. i was and i moved on from it kind yeah
0: of yeah so, and we can all stand cool. up here and say like we can all stand up here and say look at our breakthroughs <laughs> right but <laughs> i like to point to the brokenness that has led to the breakthrough mm-hmm. because yeah. without that struggle i would not sit yeah. in any place of triumph yeah you the know? mess yeah. I I the message. message. Yeah.
4: I think yeah, Lucy exactly. said like well, that's the, a good one. I like that. The um most sweetest thing to me, she goes, Mommy, you're yourself and you're not afraid to be yourself. Oh what a compliment. So yeah, it's and,
3: those things. They say those yeah. things. You're randomly. just like, I know I'm like, God,
0: I'm doing it. I'm, you're okay. The yeah. seeds and are there. It's at the most
3: perfect times. I know mm-hmm. for me, like I struggle with am I a good mom to Kennedy? Like, am I doing the right things? Mm-hmm. And then like out of nowhere, she'll just look at me and be like, I truly really believe mom.
2: those as affirmations, not maybe from that person, but from God. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. God He's just be giving you signs. For yeah. sure, you and know. she'll
3: do that randomly. Sure. Like, Mom, you're a really good. Mom. Yeah. yeah, thank yeah. you for getting me that water, and it's I'm always like, when you need it welcome. most. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's why
2: I say it's that yeah. feeling because I've been in that situation where I'm like, I feel like I'm doing something right, and then you get that compliment, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know that maybe they complimented you, but you know it's you know it's God ultimately giving you that respect. Because you're doing what you need to be doing.
0: Yeah. And parenting is not a sprint. It's a marathon, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, like, a marathon that keeps going, you know? And so there's moments of, like, you're tired. Mm. There's moments where you need to refill. You know, there's moments. I
2: had an ex-girlfriend, and she always had, like, troubles kind of with her parents. And one thing I'd always say is, like, I don't know why I, I, in my brain, I always had this. And maybe it's because I saw my mom struggle, and I didn't really, like, think to beat her up about it. Um, It's parents aren't born with an instruction manual you know you guys aren't like you're not given a book that says this is how you raise michael or that's my name this is not how you raise christian (laughs) this is how you raise this is how you raise whoever you know so like it really is upon that parent to talk to them be vulnerable learn take get information do all that stuff so like when i look at all that stuff it makes me appreciate my mom more over the long run so like if you guys do ever feel that point, like your kids aren't appreciating, or it's because they're young. They probably don't know. Right. And like just little things like that. But I understand fully that moms do a ton of work mm-hmm. in things that you don't see, you know, mentally working on yourself, mm-hmm. working on yourself so you could be great for the kid, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's it's very hard job for you guys. And I, I appreciate you guys. And I do love you guys. I
3: literally say to myself all the time, I'll like do something and be like. Wow, my mom did that with four of us, yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, "Gosh, yeah, she's a rock star!" Even though growing up, I thought she was like the worst. Mom yeah, ever, right. You know? I just,
2: I mean, I just saw my sister have the baby and the whole hospital stuff, and you see my mom kind of just put her cape on,
0: yeah, and just when step in. Everything
2: is kind of yeah. going through trouble, and she just steps up. She's working. She's doing meetings from home. She's has a baby that's not hers now. She has us other five kids that are hers. So it's just it's interesting to see that superhuman role, you know, take shape you know right. yeah. super cool
3: that There's gives me hope it does right yeah. <laughs> yeah and there's something
0: beautiful about motherhood like the whole like journey of motherhood right the struggle the triumph the beauty the raising kids you know the uncertainty the powerlessness like there's all of these things wrapped up in it but one thing's for sure like my child has been my greatest teacher i mean yeah you yeah. would think that i'm it's the opposite but no i have w- tremendously transformed Because of that little boy. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. It blows Mm -hmm. my mind.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, before we close out, I I do want to ask a question to kind of flip the coin a little bit. Um, I grew up in a family. You know, my mom, she struggled with a lot of mental health Mm -hmm. uh, while I was growing up. And she was always very apologetic about everything about it, you know. Um, Literally every time she would... Um, do something she wasn't necessarily proud of. She would come to me and say, "I'm sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to hurt you in any way like that." Um, so I'm very interested to when when it comes to, uh, to the kids, it's it's it can be very hard because we don't really understand what's going on. We're kind of living, uh, we're kind of experiencing everything for the first time, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really hard. So I, I really would love to hear, especially from a perspective of a mother um, who has had kind of that. Like Kayla said, the before and the after, right? What would you say to a child uh, in the community watching this episode who just doesn't understand and and they're desperately trying to figure out why is mom this way?
0: It's not your fault. Yeah. Point blank. It is not your fault. I've had to tell my son that so many times. Yeah. This is not your fault. As children we internalize when we were children we internalize everything that had to do with our parents and you said it because our kids seek their identity in us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So a child needs to know that whatever it is that their parents or their caregivers is going through is not their fault.
2: Yeah. And th- and and that's something I personally like went through cuz when my mom went through all stuff I was literally 12 turning 13. I was right on that adolescence like when my brain starts to work kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: And I never got to the point where I was, like, blaming my mom just because... I don't know why. You know, I just never was. Maybe because my dad was never there, mm-hmm. like, before that. So I was just never in the point where, like, I'm going to blame my mom now, you know, because mm-hmm. I've struggled with that before. So it it really is a hard situation for sure because I, I remember, like, my mom would be doing drugs and I'm just kind of sitting there in my room just kind of like, I don't know what's going on. I'm not going to blame her because I know stuff happens. I think it's just... It's a, it's definitely a lack of knowledge, and that's why I say, like, the kids won't know until they are older, mm-hmm. unless you're very transparent with them. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You have to be very, very, very transparent. Obviously, if you're going through those drugs and they're doing that, they're going to have the perspective more than me, but at least for me, um, obviously, if they're doing drugs and stuff, don't be transparent about that with your kids, because you don't want to put them right. around that. But, like... Mommy and daddy's Be sick. realistic, you know? You know, yeah. that's
0: what... You, my My best friend is raising her niece, and... You know, is very she knows that that's her aunt, but that's just who she calls mom, that's who's been mom. But and I did this with Cooper when his dad was in prison, you know, like I we're not and before his dad came into recovery was like, you know, your dad loves you so much. I would always just make sure that a child knows how loved they are. But mom or dad is, is just sick. They're just not well right now. Yeah. You know? Um, because you can't sometimes explain to a young kid like you know, all the ins and outs of it. It's hard to
2: explain to a 6 But it's a sickness, you know, if mom
0: and dad was well, think about it this way, if mom and dad was well, they would be able to show up and be there and would want to. Mm -hmm. So it's a state, you know, and because they're not in that state, they're unable to care for their child. But so it's not, it it helps a child to not, one, think about it as themselves, but then to kind of put a like, okay, I need a reason because kids still need to like have a reason why. Yeah, Yeah, logic. Mm So, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you ladies had anything to add to that.
3: I mean, I I agree. Like, I think that um, we're sick. Like, we're when we're in our addictions, we're sick. But in telling the kid, like, it's not their fault, but it's also not your parents' fault because mm-hmm. right now they're not well; mm-hmm. they're sick. So these decisions are being altered That's by an illness, yeah. right? You know, so. Yeah. Because it's easy, it's like we wanna find someone to blame mm-hmm. as a child. Yes. It's either myself or it's you, right? But really, there's no blame in illness, yeah. right? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, if I were to get a physical illness, I'm not right. gonna blame my mom. Right. Yeah. I'm just gonna get through it, you know? We're gonna get through it. So, knowing that there's no blame on either one and right. just giving grace to each other. Yeah. Right. yeah. And like
4: I said, I'm very transparent with my uh, children. They know that addiction is a disease. Mm-hmm and because when they were younger Caleb would always ask me mom why did you leave you know where'd you go and i couldn't necessarily tell him then when he was 5 yeah. right yeah. um it was more of sometimes mommy and dad sometimes moms and dads are better off friends because mm-hmm. you know his their father and i were married and so it started off with that uh and then and now it is okay, the, mom has a de- the disease of addiction mm-hmm. and like when I'm in active addiction and I'm using, I am not present. Right. And they understand that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. All right.
0: Well, we just want to, I just want to thank both of you just for your amazing Momness that you brought to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm mom and awesome. Try to put those two words together. But you guys are both amazing mothers. Um, I have really thoroughly enjoyed just getting to know your story. So thank you for your transparency, your strength, your vulnerability, and your courage. There's no doubt in my mind that your kids are not blessed by um, each of you and your recovery journey. Um, for all of you parents out there, um, you know, we're all in this together. And, you know, if you need support, reach out, um, DM, DM us in the comments, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell bell Mm -hmm. did I do it good Christian yeah I was trying to remember yep and um, just thank you thank you so much and we'll see you next week
4: thanks guys thank you